So, hello everyone and welcome to the new episode of the Slide Dev Podcast run by 180 Degrees Consulting Helsinki. Today, I have Kaira Dignan from Regeneration 2030 here with me. So, um, yeah, welcome. And it's really great to have you here. So would it, would it be possible for you to introduce some words about yourself? Absolutely. Well, first, I want to say thanks so much for having me and having us, Regeneration. Um, my name is Kira Dignan. I am Regeneration 2030's Secretary General. Regeneration 2030 is a youth movement for sustainability uh, in the Nordic and Baltic Sea region. We're based in Orland uh, in, the, in, in Finland. And it's really exciting to be here. Thank you. So I'm going to throw at you a very uh, impromptu and fun questions right now to, to sort of break the ice between us and also between the audience. So may I ask, what is your favorite movie and why? Mm, that's a good question. I'm really indecisive. So I always struggle with these. For anyone who cares about horoscopes, I'm a Libra. Um, not that I like believe in it, but you know, a little bit. Um, I really like um, The Rabbit Proof Fence. That was always my favorite movie as a kid. It's a film about three Aboriginal girls in Australia who, it's a historical, the accurate film. They get taken away from their mums to a boarding school um, and they escape and they walk all the way along the fence that divides, divided Australia at the time back home. And I think I really liked it because I was shown it when I was a little bit young, maybe I was like 10 or 11. Uh, and when you're used to just seeing like silly fun films and then you see a film about girls your age doing something like really, really cool and difficult, like blew my mind a lot and made me realize that the world was perhaps not just as cozy as uh, my previous beloved Disney films have made out. So I'll stick with that one, still a favorite. Thank you for sharing. My favorite movie um, is actually The Danish Girl. I don't know if you know that movie. Oh, I haven't seen it. Tell me about it. Um, it's a movie about um, about the first transgender uh, woman ever in the world. Her name after strength doing this transgender uh, operation is Lily Elf. It was the process. Uh, it was the process of her. Um, transforming, recognize her inner self, and then um, transforming her body to 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 become a girl. So it was filmed in Denmark, um, in New Heaven, and I love that movie so much to the extent that I I eventually visited Denmark a few years ago just to see the background of the movie. But it was very touching for me. Because uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, the ending was not happy, <laughs> but um, all of the braveries and and all of the sweat and the tears is really. T- I might recommend if you want to try it out. I will. I put it on my list. Did New Haven um, did the area match up to the beauty of the film? Yeah, very beautiful. I love it so much. But yay, thank you for sharing. Right here, we will dig into the main outline of the podcast episode today. So you already briefly described what is Regeneration 2030. And may I ask you to, let's say, what is Regeneration 2030 and how, how was it established? Where did the organization come from? 
Absolutely. So the seed for Regeneration 2030 came from the Orland Islands um, here in the Baltic Sea. Um, Orland has a really strong sustainability movement called the Backraft Movement, um, united around this vision of everyone can flourish. So trying to build a sustainable future in which um, not only can we survive, but we can thrive. Uh, and it was set up in 2017. The Baltic, the Nordic Council of Ministers were super instrumental in setting it up. Um, they supported with funding and with advice uh, and incubated it into, in 2020, becoming a fully youth-led independent organization. So we are now, uh, have a full-time secretariat here in Orland. Just me at the moment, we're being joined in the summer. Um, and around 30 active volunteers in our working group and board from all around the Baltic Sea and Nordic region. So we're still a very youth-led grassroots organization. Um, so that's us. Very great to know that. What is your mission and how do you get it organized? So our mission is to mobilize a strong youth movement for sustainability in, in the Nordic and Baltic regions. And we focus on out of all of the sustainable development goals, these are the goals that the UN has set to try and help uh, to mobilize the sustainable transition before 2030, um, which a lot of sustainability movements focus on. They're a good way for us to collaborate and focus. Uh, and we are focusing on sustainable development goal number 12 and 13, which are about sustainable production and consumption. And that's because, as you might know, if you look at the Nordic region and the Baltic region, in, on paper, we look like we're acing it, we're smashing it, we've got like some of the best in the world for emissions. But then if you take into account the emissions that come from all of the stuff, the food, the transport, the clothes that we consume here, we're suddenly synced to some of the worst in the world. So we really need, that's the area where we need to change most. We need to see big systematic change and also local personal community change around how we consume um, and produce things. So that's our mission and that's how we're trying to achieve it. Thank you for sharing. Actually, I have a question just came to my mind. How did you find out about Regeneration 2030 and why did you decide to apply to be the general secretary? Um, it's a funny story, actually. I moved to Orland, as you might be able to hear from my accent. I am not uh, originally from Orland. I am British. Um, I met my partner uh, who is from Orland when I was working um, in a multicultural mobile library in Greece. And we moved here so I could learn more about where he's from and learn Swedish. So while I was doing that, I was looking for some way to use my skills as an activist. Um, and I was hanging around in his office where there's all of these cool different um, social movements are based in Orland. And I bumped into this really nice guy who I got chatting to and I was like, yeah, I don't know, like I'm really happy here. I'm working with kids, but I've got all these skills from organizing like, and I want to use them. I just feel like I'm not being used right now. And he said, oh, well, I'm about to have a working group meeting with this really cool youth sustainability organization and we really need volunteers to help. And I was like, okay. And we just opened up our laptop and boom, I was in. Uh, and I got really involved with helping write some grant applications, which I think was a good deep dive into how the organization works and their vision and their aim. Uh, and then I saw that they were advertising for a new secretary general and I was like, oh my God, I would love nothing more. Um, I'm really happy to have got the role. So yeah, it was, I'm really grateful that I happened to bump into Isaac, shout out to Isaac, uh, in ABF on that Wednesday afternoon. 
a very funny story and cool too. I remember Violet told me that one time, uh, I, I think on that day that she got the application and on that day that she chatted with you, she, she was in Kazakhstan, like spending time with her family. And then suddenly she found you and very suddenly. And then she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but then the communication between me and you were very smooth. Um, I absolutely love it. I would say that it's really, really glad to have you here as a general secretary of the board. Thanks. Every organization has some kind of misconception. So may I ask that, are there any kind of misconceptions about Regeneration 2030 that you would like to state and address here? I would love to, because I was just, I went to Hoop, but I was having a meeting the other day and I heard one of these and I was like, wild, absolutely wild. And it's nice to debunk it. Um, someone thought that we were like a party political organization, that we were like affiliated with environmental parties uh, across the region. Not true. Totally not true. We do work with politics. We also work with economics. We work with industry. We work with um, communities and social change. Like we're here to do, to push on the big stuff, to try and get big structural change happening on the kind of timescale we need to see to keep our planet inhabitable. That's what we're here for. We'll work with anyone else who is serious about getting that done as well. And that is not limited to environmental parties. That's unions, left parties, right parties, companies, community groups. We're here. If you're serious, we're serious. Let's go. That's kind of funny, um, a funny misconception that I've heard about because I was thinking it might be something else, but this one, um, because when I plan the questions, I kind of think about what kind of misconception your organization might encounter, but I have never thought about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's actually very funny, but yeah, you are the voice of every single residence in the Nordics. You are us and yes, you are our we're voice. A, yes. We're a social movement um, and we're not tied down to any particular power holder organization. Thank you. Thank you for stating that. Thank you so much. Um, and I believe the audience, when listening to this podcast episode, you can be at ease and ensure that Regeneration uh, 2030 is not affiliated with any political party anywhere in the world. So I believe that there is a series of events that the members of uh, Regeneration 2030 have joined even though I know that your time in, in the organization is not that long, but still, I would like to ask what is the most memorable event uh, for you and why? We have a series, we attend lots of different events hosted by different people um, to talk and to push for sustainability and bring the youth voice. But we have an event every summer that we run that's hosted by us, by youth, for youth. Uh, it used to be called the summits and we've now broadened this out over the last couple of years into full regeneration weeks and the aim of regeneration week is to bring together the youth sustainability movement that's organized groups and people who are interested uh, between the ages of 16 and 30 to dream discover learn and make decisions around sustainability issues and it's big stuff but it also comes with a lot of joy of all being together with like-minded people in the same place and we were talking in our planning group about Regeneration 2022 and how to bring that joy and allow that community building to happen as well as the really serious stuff. And 
the working group was reminiscing about this moment that happened last year when everyone came into the central hall of Alandica here in Maliaham in Orland and they were a bit nervous and it was the youth sustainability activists and it was also um, change makers, big politicians, industry leaders and people are a little bit nervous around each other and not sure how to interact and then someone just started pumping out the Macarena, you know this dance? And it's like this big joyful sudden out of nowhere celebration. Um, in fact I think it was Ella who got it started so shout out to Ella uh, and it mm. just I just think that's such a nice example of how sustainability activism doesn't have to be all boring and all serious and all doom and gloom. It's a lot of joy and fun and connecting as well. Wow, that's so amazing to hear. You have such a very vibrant atmosphere over there. Was the event in person? Yes, yeah, so it was a hybrid event because we're still COVID around. Um, but yes, there was, I think, about 100, 150 youth activists there in person and maybe 50 change makers. Oh my God, I would love to be there. Oh my God. This uh, COVID has been crashing us for a long, long time. <laughs> well, registration is going to open up in the next month for Regeneration Week 2022. It's at the in the last weekend of August here in Orlando, and you're totally invited. Oh, yeah. And Let me know. Please pass me the link. Listener, if you're yeah. between 16 and 30, join us. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. We as residents of the world, and because we are living under the arms of Mother Earth, it's certain that we have to know the world we are living in. In your opinion, what are the current uh, alarming trends that the environment is tolerating right now? The parameters we often talk about this, you'll hear from the IPCC, the UN's big uh, climate change science report about degrees of warming, and that's compared to pre-industrial levels. So we're currently on track for between over three, maybe five, maybe six degrees of warming um, over quite a short period of time. And it sounds like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, but we know, and we've known for a long time, we need to keep it below 1.5 degrees of warming. Otherwise, life as we know it will collapse. We're seeing the beginning of what scientists call a mass extinction event. So a mass die-off of species. This has happened five times in the world before. This would be the sixth. And uh, every single time it has uh, resulted in over like 70, 80% of all life on the planet dying. So the question isn't whether life will survive, life will survive. It's about whether we as humans can adapt to those changes. It's like the stakes are so incredibly high. We have maybe 10 years left to stop us going over these tipping points. It's really the fight of our lifetime to keep the temperature below that. And if I can try and make it more understandable in local terms, like the Baltic Sea, we all love the Baltic Sea. It's a source of life near us. It's currently got a dead zone in it, which is uh, estimated, the worst estimates put it as the size of the country of Ireland, and it's growing. And the last mass extinction event that happened, the one that had this super intensive slate wiping of evolutionary record, that began with massive dead zones in the sea growing. Because the problem with dead zones is they stop absorbing CO2 and they start emitting huge amounts of toxic gases. So we need, like we, those of us who live near the sea, like I do in Orland, we, we can see it in the fish and the ecosystems that we interact with as humans. You know, when you go out on your small boat, you put your net out, there's less fish now than in previous generations would have seen. 
But what that is telling us about the ecosystem is it's code red. It's it's now or never to keep our beautiful planet inhabitable, which, you know, it's my favorite pastime, inhabiting this beautiful planet. I think we all love it. It's the fight of our generation. It's the fight of our lifetime. There's so much opportunity to, to keep life joyful, to transform life in ways that make life better. But the punishment, if we fail, is, is severe. Yeah, it is unfortunate that um, in such a short time, because many people might see 10 years as a long time, it's a decade, but I don't think so. It actually can pass by very quickly. If we don't do anything, it can pass by even faster. And we don't even notice that. And then we, we as human beings, will receive the worst punishment. Talking about that, um, what can each individual do to maintain and also to maximize the sustainability? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's good to think about maximum impact because we're often hearing about lots of different little changes. My advice would be to think about what is the most impactful in your life and also what is easy and what brings you joy. So for example, I love to cook and I love gardening. It's, it's easy for me to eat locally sourced food uh, and to not eat meat and to, to grow some of my own food with my family members and in my local community. But that's not like the super most impactful thing I could do. The most impactful thing I can do is to reduce how much I fly. But as a migrant, it's very difficult for me to reduce it totally. So I try and reduce it as much as possible. So try and think almost like on a graph, like what is easy and joyful and what is most impactful. And I think the biggest thing for all of us beyond our individual consumption habits is to think about really big structural changes. Like we can all switch out our toothbrushes as much as we like, but we have to get away from a growth-based economy. We cannot keep increasing every single year how much stuff we use. Uh, we, we need to move to shared resources, to a circular economy that is not based on growth, where we can be sharing resources, sharing objects, like we're thinking here, libraries, cars, clothes that don't need to be replaced every single year. And the way that we're gonna get that big structural change to happen is often by working together with other people. So I would say, find your tribe, find your community, whether that's a protest group like Fridays for Future, a pressure group in a political party, whether it's with your union or an international meeting place like Regeneration 2030. There's somewhere where they can use your skills. We need to get together push for the really big structural changes. That's a really good advice. Thank you, Kira. Actually, this year, um, Christmas Eve, in the area where I come from, we don't celebrate Christmas. So I'm kind of not accustomed to um, giving and receiving Christmas gifts. But um, I start to put the gifts to like, a, not a plastic bag, but a paper bag that I reuse many times. And also, um, this year, I reuse the wrapping that I got from last year in order to, you know, trying to uh, minimize the, the amount of waste that can get to the environment. Maybe it ju it's just a small action, but actually I already think about the big picture um, before I do it. That sounds like a really nice little trick around, around gift wrap. I, I'll, I'll use that one myself maybe. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a good idea, especially if you manage to keep the old wrapping paper in good shape, then why not reusing it? Mm -hmm, exactly. I, I uh, do this often with my family and it's got to the stage where when we're sat around the tree, because um, I come from a family that celebrates Christmas, 
they'll often take off the nice wrapping paper and then just give it straight to me. <laughs> Thanks, cheers. Uh, yeah, but actually it's sustainable. <laughs> Thank you for the conversation and for your very honest sharing regarding Regeneration uh, 2030 as an organization and regarding your point of view um, about the environment. So to wrap up, I would like to ask that, how can our listener find out more about Regeneration 2030? You can head to our social media, which is at regeneration.2030, or head to our website, regeneration2030.org. We are welcoming volunteers to all of our working groups at the moment, whether you want to get involved in planning Regeneration Week, you want to in, in fundraising, in our communication strategy. We're a volunteer powered organization. We would love your help. And we would love to see you at Regeneration Week here in Orland at the end of August. Help us push for change that needs to happen in our region. Do you take volunteers um, only from the Nordic region or can you take them around the world? We mostly focus on um, youth members from uh, the Nordic and the Baltic Sea region. So the Baltic Sea drainage region includes um, the Baltic states, includes Germany, includes Denmark, um, includes Russia and Belarus and Poland. So it's extra especially great if you are a youth resident of those regions, um, but we have no prohibition on emails getting involved. Thank you for answering. But actually I had uh, maybe a silly question coming up right now, just now. May I ask why is, why is it 2030? Is that the year so, or is that just some symbolist number? Hmm, that's a great question. So 2030 comes from the uh, UN 2030 agenda. So that was the agenda set by the UN with the sustainable development goals of when we want to get things um, in order by. That's our, our target. So that's why we've got that in our title because that's also our aim. 2030 was chosen because it's this point in time where we need to have turned things around in order to avoid going, going over these very scary tipping points that I was mentioning. Um, although, of course, with the climate, everything is a bit of a mystery, even for, for scientists. Um, so that's what the 2030 is for. I see. Actually, I see it all the time um, because I do follow your, uh, your LinkedIn account. So I saw it. I see it all the time. But actually, I always wonder. <laughs> now, That's but a good I question. Did mm, post about it. Mm, but I actually forgot to, to ask it in the beginning. <laughs> Let's say if our listener would like to engage in uh, Regeneration 2030's movement. So um, where should they start? Uh, which social media platforms? Uh, and um, from there, how to become a part of the organization? So the best way to get involved with Regeneration 2030 is one of two ways. Either volunteer with us or come to our Regeneration Week in August in Mayan. All of our working groups are currently accepting volunteers. We meet between every two weeks and every month, usually in the evening online. And it's our working groups that organise a lot of the important work that we do from our fundraising, our communications, to deciding how Regeneration Week is going to be organized. Um, so if you have spare time and you want to join us and help do the work that we do, please sign up. We especially encourage people aged 16 to 30 in the Nordic and Baltic Sea region to join us, but it is open to anyone. Other way to get involved is to come to Regeneration Week. 
Regeneration Week is a meeting place for the youth sustainability movement. We're going to learn together, dream together, and um, we democratically decide on a letter of intent that we're going to invite politicians, business leaders, community leaders to sign up to. So it's really important we have a diverse range of minds there and we want to hear your voice. So sign up will be opening soon. Sign up to come to Regeneration Week at the end of August in Orland. Thank you, Kira. May I uh, put your LinkedIn profile when I publish this episode on our social media platform? Absolutely. That's great. Dear viewers, if you want to get engaged to the movement of uh, Regeneration 2030, you heard what Kira said. And um, when this podcast episode is published, then you will find all the necessary information on our social media platform, which is uh, 180 Degrees Consulting Helsinki. So here, I would like to wrap up our recording and podcast session today. Thank you very much for coming. Even though even though the rescheduling uh, was a bit frustrated because we both got sick before the actual recording day, but thank you so much, Kara, for representing um, Regeneration Twenty Thirty to come here and sit down with me. Thanks for talking. It was really lovely to finally meet you, and fantastic all the work that you do. Cheers.